Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today, folks, is Chintan Pancha, the founding partner at RPCK, an impact focused law firm. Chintan, thanks for coming on the show today, my friend. Awesome to be here. Great Wonderful. to see you. So, Chintan, before we begin, and we're, I mean, yeah. we're, we're just talking before the show we're gonna be talking about a myriad of topics but really trying to dive into the crux of what's going on in the impact world right now how where it is how we see it what problems are in the way and how we can at least have a conversation to get ahead of those issues let's bring our audience into the fold what is your impact journey where did it start for you yeah awesome great great place to start um so so as as you mentioned, I'm a lawyer. I run a law firm. Um, I every day that goes by, I am less. Uh, I I wear the lawyer hat less and less, and I wear the business owner, entrepreneur, CEO hat more and more. Um, but it's definitely a multi hat uh, kind of juggling kind of experience, um, uh, which which I think uh, you and many of your listeners kind of know know all about, right? And so in that regard, you know, th this question really comes to, you know, kind of ties into the question of why, why did I take the leap to become an entrepreneur? Which is something that very few lawyers do because of <laughs> how risk averse we are uh, as a profession. And for me, it was, it can really truly be summed up in, you know, one, one idea, which is a search for meaning. Um, you know, as, <clears throat> as a professional, who was working for, you know, somebody else, um, you know, and working on projects that you know that firm had and those clients, and you do what you're told, right? Your job is to, you know, do your best and be really good at what you do, and you know, kind of hone your skills and sharpen and constantly getting better and better and better. But you're ultimately working on stuff that people ask you to do, and so, as one you know, as many of the folks in this world often do, I found myself yeah, feeling a bit empty, right? Kind of feeling like, ah, well, what's the point of all this? It's, you know, you're working, you know, crazy hours, you're working incredibly hard. Um, and you're wondering, you're like, well, where's all this going? What's the point, right? Is the reward for the pie eating contest is just more pie, right? <laughs> you know, if you don't love the, the pie, then what what are you doing? And so for me, you know, and this is a whole a whole other story, but I, you know, I found myself in Hong Kong, you know, kind of at the pinnacle of what I thought was my kind of career mountain, right? I'd kind of climbed that peak and was doing all the thought, stuff that I thought was going to be cool, and it just wasn't. And so that led me to kind of say, well, what's what am I missing here? And ultimately, it was that meaning. It was the it was this idea that my work mattered, and that the things that I was helping people do mattered, and that the people that I was working with cared about things that mattered to me. Yeah, there's nothing wrong at all with businesses trying to, you know, compete to be number one or 
you know, get more deals done or make more money or, you know, kind of enhance their share price and all that, you know, all of those things are perfectly legitimate commercial outcomes. It's just that for me, I didn't feel like that was sufficient. I, it just didn't get me up in the morning excited. And so I kind of went on this journey and decided to, you know, I decided I didn't find that anywhere in the space. And so I said, all right, I'll, I guess I'll just start a firm that is focused on working with entrepreneurs, visionaries, investors who are looking to change the world for the better through the work that they do. And through that partnership with these types of folks, I get to kind of contribute to that. That is really meaningful to me. And the hope was that one day we would grow and I would have a team of people like-minded and uh, who, who also love doing this kind of work and were good at it. Um, and, um, and, and, and we would, you know, and I would have a, you know, I would have a firm that, that focused on this space one day. And, and so let's talk about that, that impact journey, like almost like an impact hero's journey. You have your character and, and the main character of this movie, the script, right? Is that impact CEO, that impact entrepreneur that you're helping out. What are some of the challenges and talk about the villain that kind of gets in their way, the villain that gets in their way that stops them from achieving that mission. How do you help this impact character? Yeah, it's a great question. I, it's, I love the way that you framed it. Um, so uh, I think of our clients, uh, you know, the people that we're looking to work with, that, that we help in very much in those terms, right? These are people who are looking to do something different, to create something where nothing existed before, to challenge the status quo, to challenge this idea that you can't solve big problems by using a smart investment uh, approach or by being a great entrepreneur. To people who, who recognize that there is a social responsibility that we all have, to contribute and to leave the place better than we found it. And so that is to me, that's this kind of that's the mindset of, of this proverbial hero, right? That we're talking about. And my job, right, our firm's job is to help them see around corners, is to help them break through walls, is to help them anticipate landmines is and navigate around them is to you know is in some ways to be the jetpack uh that is strapped to their back that help them kind of achieve warp speed and we care as much if not more about the objective that they care about than you know the typical things that Service providers, lawyers, et cetera, will sit, will tell you that they care about. Oh, customers are always number one. It's like, well, kind of, but it's really what we're trying to achieve. And what we what we do is we partner with folks and we say, listen, we're gonna be your navigator. We're gonna be, you know, we're gonna help look at the world 
that you face. We're going to tell you what to anticipate. We're going to help you anticipate those things before they arise. Um, we're going to solve for those things as and when complicated situations arise. Where, and, and I'll tell you what I mean, right? So complicated situations, right? You know, you're trying to build an investment fund that is focused on investing in impact businesses with a global outreach. And the people that want to back you happen to be high net worth and ultra high net worth investors. They happen to be corporates that care a lot about what you're looking to achieve. They happen to be nonprofits, charities, and foundations. They happen to be uh, arms of governments that care a lot about development um, or uh, helping communities get access to certain goods and services, right? So there's a whole kind of array of folks. Now, the current system, you know, th what I just described is very much, you know, coloring outside of the lines. The current system is not set up for that, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of the tax, the tax laws are binary. You're either for profit or you're not for profit. The securities laws are, they don't care whether you're trying to do good. You're trying to make as much money as you can, as you possibly can. You know, what you have to, you have to, uh, you know, you have to be in compliance with every aspect of the securities laws if you're issuing securities. And, you know, when you build a business and you have investors come on to help you, you are engaging in securities transactions. There's a tax analysis. There is a market for this stuff, right? We work with a lot of folks who have these really amazing, innovative ideas that are going to be launched and live in the market. They're going to compete for capital, for mind share of various different sectors of the economy with other products out there. And there are gatekeepers that will open or close doors, which is, which is what their job is. And so you could have a brilliant idea, amazing team, perfect execution, et cetera, et cetera. And you could have the door slammed shut in your face because the structure that you have doesn't make sense to the people that are looking at it or it wasn't anticipated or, you know, it's inefficient or it's not allowed under the laws of this place or that place or whatever, right? So what we, what we have to do is really understand, okay, what is this multi-layered contextual world that these awesome ideas that were that were uh, dreamed up by these visionary entrepreneurs and visionary investors, how can they see the light of day? And how can they win at the end of the day? And for us, that means a lot, right? It means, you know, it obviously it's what we do, it's our profession, but we actually care about that end outcome because we look at that as a huge component of how we ourselves as as human beings right, that are operating and living in this world how we are able to have achieve a part of our impact ourselves i love that i love that and, and to me the crux of that is conformity as you put it's acting in compliance uh, taking an impact entrepreneur who is screaming to be let out for disruption but being put into a box and being told to abide by the rules, to censor, yeah. 
the words, to follow the tax codes, and help me understand where uh, you come in, where yeah, you come in it. that process and how you break through yeah. those barriers. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'll, you know, one way I'll say is that if you, if you're going to be disruptive, which is, you know, kind of the vast majority of folks that we work with, that we love working with, you got to pick your battles, right? Be disruptive in the thing that is most consequential. Be disruptive in the area in which you're actually going to have a deep and lasting impact. And that means concentrate your energy and focus and fight hard in that you know, in that tightly defined narrow thing, whatever it is, right? If you're going to challenge an industry, challenge industry. But if you don't have to take on the IRS, don't take on the IRS as a side battle that you're going to fight, right? If you, you know, it, it, it's, this is, you know, we're getting into the kind of the heart of the conversation that we have, right? Where, you know, a client comes to us and says, we want to do X, Y, and Z. We say, well, why? Because it's a great idea and we're going to make a lot of money. Okay, cool. But why? Et cetera, et cetera. And then we get to the kernel, right? That nugget at, at the center of it, which is we think we can change the world if we can fix this thing that's broken or we can change people's minds. We can change their approach to, or we can help uh, launch a fledgling industry or we can bring millions of people who have historically been excluded from this world into the fold, right? We can do something that's not been done and is worthwhile. And then we say, okay, awesome. Now we're excited. All right. So that's what we want to achieve, right? That's the disruption that we want to get to. All right. Well, what is the fastest, most efficient path to getting to that narrowly defined, highly impactful objective, right? So that is how I define being impactful through business, kind of understanding what that impact is, understanding how you're going to achieve it. And, you know, to use your, to use your vocabulary, which I, you know, you're being purposefully, you know, provocative, right? You kind of color within the lines and conform and play by the quote unquote rules in all of the other areas where it's not going to pay off, right? Challenging the system isn't going to pay off in those areas. It's just going to be a distraction. It's going to slow you down. And you're going to need as much energy and as much momentum as you can possibly get to achieve this, this particular vector of your high impact objective. Does that make sense, right? So it's kind of like a focus and concentrate your energy your creative and disruptive energy on the thing that's going to really pay off. And let's clear the path and make it as easy as possible on some of these other areas that are going to be necessary to help you get there, but aren't really going to move the ball from an impact standpoint. I'm, I think I'm tracking here. And so if, if I am the impact entrepreneur and I have this long-term vision the society and, and, and the, the compliance is, is helping me or is, is restricting me from kind of growing. And where you come in is you help them tackle that short-sightedness to see long-term, to see, as you put it, around corners and use this almost blue ocean strategy 
where the, the murky waters, the markets, the current markets that are out there, they're all you know bloody. They're shark infested. They've been fighting for years. But here comes along this disruptor who's going to go very narrow into this market to serve a, a market who has traditionally not been served before and provide mm-hmm. a product or service that who otherwise would not be available to that individual. So based on that, what experience have you had so far in this space and in helping these entrepreneurs yeah. um, you know, increase the, the share? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, you know, for one of the things that I love about our practice and our firm and what, what we do, what we get to do is work with people across the broad spectrum of impact. Right. So, and I don't mean just E, S, and G, right? Like when, you know, and as, as you and I have talked about in the past, ESG and impact are two different things, right? But putting that aside for a second, you know, everything from kind of distributed renewable energy, access to renewable energy, to financial inclusion, to healthcare services, to um uh housing and access to affordable housing access to education um you know uh, to uh, ocean plastic remediation to uh to uh municipal scale composting and diverting uh uh you know kind of material from landfill um, to carbon capture technology to, you know, kind of launching satellites without using rocket fuel. Uh, you know, it's it's across a really broad spectrum. The companies that we work with, the companies that our investors work with, the the strategies that that are employed, you know, the a, co- a common theme is, you know, it is one common theme is absolutely the disruption, right? This idea that, you know what, the system, the way it works now, yeah, okay, it doesn't work so well for me. It doesn't work so well for that group of people. It doesn't, you know, it's not efficient. It's it's a legacy. It's ripe for disruption. That's one, that's one objective. The other is that this disruption has an has a massive total addressable market, right? These are... You know, when you talk about kind of access to education, leveraging technology and the internet of things to bring instruction or bring uh, access to knowledge um, to folks, when you talk about bringing access to financial systems to people who, you know, don't have, forget about, you know, have savings, right? But don't have a credit history and therefore don't have the ability to borrow and leverage and, you know, kind of start a business or you know, do all these things. I mean, it unlocks so much human potential, right? Among all of these different strategies, you know, the, in each one of these, you have, you know, a similar set of challenges and, totally different actual challenges, right? Like meaning the way that you approach it has to be similar, right? Kind of, all right, what's the impact? How do we define it? What are the challenges that we're going to 
uh, encounter? And how do we build like a resilient structure to grow this grow this business? And then the the set of challenges are always unique, right? Get it? Yeah, every business owner knows. And so, whether we're advising on how you you know how you structure an investment across borders because we've had to get smart about the laws in some local jurisdiction and how those laws are not super compatible with the market practice around venture you know capital raising in the US right or we're we're solving for the ability to effectively and efficiently get capital into a an investment structure that capital being blended finance capital right so there's tech exempt folks that need to be able to you know protect themselves from uh, having their tax exempt status revoked by the IRS uh, because they're engaging in what might be viewed as uh, profit making activity, but what they're actually doing is catalyzing and uh, de-risking a really good but fledgling idea, so that right behind them, risk seeking but reward seeking investors uh, are willing to come along, so that behind them. Uh, a more uh, institutional or retail type of investor can come along and you can put a lot of, you know, oxygen, you know, if, if capital is, is oxygen for kind of, you know, a machine or fuel for a machine, you can get a lot of, you know, kind of a couple drops in the, in the first bit and then a little bit more. And then you can really scale when, you can you know, you can you can go really broad and, and kind of bring lots of capital in. but that that idea is is one that is very it, it's a really great idea it's very fragile and difficult to execute because the legal tax regulatory you know system it's just not built for it hmm. right it's not you know it, oh hey, I'll give you another example right so, you you have tons and tons of really great, very very innovative, wonderful entrepreneurs who aren't building highly scalable technology companies. Right? They have whatever right brick and mortar businesses or traditional style businesses or other businesses that just don't lend themselves to. A venture life cycle. Life cycle. How do you get capital? How do you solve the issue that investors have when it comes to risk and reward? Right in the current, you know, in the legacy system, you have very generally speaking, you have debt, which is limited upside. Right, you get your principal back, and you can make you know a certain amount of interest. And you can really take very strong steps to protect your downside. You can take a security interest. You can say, all right, well, give me the deed to your house and I'll hold it until you pay me back, right? You can get a mortgage, right? You can get a personal guarantee. You can do all this stuff on the debt side. Okay. Low risk, low reward. On the equity side, you have, well, let's just take venture as an example. Okay, cool. Well, there's a decent chance 
you're just going to lose your investment, period, right? You know, kind of, you invest in this thing, it could go to zero. But every once in a while, it could turn into a unicorn and you could make 10, 50, whatever X, your investment, right? High risk, high reward. And there's a whole world that lives in between those two paradigms, right? And though that world has traditionally, and in, in the, you know, historically in near history, been left out of the capital game. You know, what is there for, you know, the, the super innovative plumber who's awesome at what he's doing is building a franchise. You're not going to IPO that company, likely. You know, venture Silicon Valley venture capitalists aren't, you know, aren't looking for those all day long, right? That's not the next, you know, app that you're going to, you're not going to have, you know, millions and millions of customers, right? You have a different life cycle and you have a different exit strategy. You have a totally different paradigm. And so what do you do in that world, right? Well, you go to your friends and family, you get loans, you go to the local bank, maybe you have some assets, you have some collateral that you can put up. Maybe you don't. Maybe you get an SBA loan. The SBA program is notoriously inflexible, um, but you have a handful of tools that are at your disposal. And so a lot of very thoughtful, enterprising impact investors and folks that would, wouldn't necessarily refer to themselves as impact investors, but I think they probably fit the definition, are looking at that and saying, there's great opportunities to back amazing investors. And yeah, we don't need to get a venture style return, but we also don't need to take venture style risk. You know, very few of these, relatively very few of these companies are going to bite the dust. But similarly, very, very, you know, relatively very few of them are going to, you know, hit the moon. But there's a market for that. And there are really great and innovative structures, right? So, you know, can, to give you a couple examples, receivables-based financing is, is something that has been around generally, historically has been kind of, has been criticized for being kind of predatory. Is that factoring? Exactly. Um, right. So, you know, and it's kind of very widely used and known in the restaurant industry, right? It's like, cool. Well, you know, your uh, income, you know, goes up and down, up and down, but your costs look like this, right? So how do you solve for that issue, right? You know, and and you can take similar types of approaches to solve for issues that are faced by companies that have variable revenue streams, um, but you're, you know, and and which need investment capital, but the investor is not really interested in principal and return. And you don't want to put them, you don't want to load them up with debt because maybe there is already, you know, et cetera. So how can you come up with a flexible arrangement, right? So there's some really brilliant people that are working on, you know, developing products that look like this, right? There's a cousin of that product or a sibling of that, right? You know, receivable based, which is kind of a, a variable interest loan, right? So one looks a little bit more like equity, like I'll I'll give you a hundred grand today. And as long as you hit a minimum margin of X, you'll pay me Y percent above that margin for a period of time until I make the return I'm looking for, right? On the other hand, 
you know, I can structure it as a debt instrument, right? And, you know, and so the idea is that you can use these, you can be creative, you can use these different types of tools in different scenarios to help people solve different types of challenges. I know we're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but happy to have it zoom back out. No, definitely. I, I think what you're doing is, I was just thinking about it, like, you know, you're enabling uh, impact finance, legal and, and growth enablement to help provide the fuel for these impact entrepreneur jetpacks uh, in a market that has been previously overlooked. Um, so for uh, the, the typical short-term investors who are wanting that unicorn 10x, 50x return, and it ends up being 10%, um, is, is no different than you who is uh, you know saying, hey, we're looking for five to seven, and it ends up being 10. It's yep. the same percentage and yeah. growth. It's just what you see, totally. I'd be curious to know kind of, yeah. you know, from your angle and perspective, why are these mission-driven entrepreneurs more attractive? And and what are the, um, I guess, the, the impact investing arguments that you would say uh, for investing in an entrepreneur yeah. that has that purpose and that Love culture it. versus Love someone it. else? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll, I'll, I'll just clarify, I know that, I know that you, you know this, but you know, there are amazing venture companies that are impact, right? That have a venture profile that can be 10x, 50x, 100x. There, there are great impact businesses that are great candidates for traditional debt financing. I mean, the, 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 the cool thing about this is that, you know, that that one example kind of being in the middle, but there you'll find kind of great impact entrepreneurs to your question across a spectrum. And what's the common what's the common element, right? To me, you know, it's the answer to the question of why why is this a great entrepreneur to back? Why is this a great fund strategy to invest in? Why is this a great industry to play in, right? You know, if you are strictly looking for returns, right? You are just an investor. Take impact and put it aside for a second. You are an investor. You know, you can go walk into a room of you know traditional investors, none of whom have heard of or care anything about impact, and talk about investing in solutions to problems. And everyone will know what you're talking about. Everyone will be on on, you know. You, you know, everyone will just say, yep, absolutely. That's that's what we do, right? Kind of entrepreneurs, you can define entrepreneur by this idea of somebody who sees something that is broken or not working or could be done better and says it has the kind of the the crazy gene uh, and, uh, and says, oh, I can do something better. And... I, I should be the one to invent this thing, to build this thing, to do, you know, that's an entrepreneur, but not, nothing to do with impact here, right? So at the, at the core of it, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Kind of new approaches to old problems, new solutions to intractable problems. And in the impact world, these problems happen to be highly consequential and by and large they affect millions upon millions or billions of people 
And so, again, you know, not using the impact terminology around this at all, what we're talking about are solutions to important issues for which there is a massive potential total addressable market. There is a ton of room to grow for a great idea. That, to me, is a basic formula for a good investment. Again, putting impact aside, right? Now, within the impact world, right, there's people that say, well, I want to be catalytic. I want to, you know, I, I have patient capital. I have, you know, quasi-charitable capital, right? There is room in the impact tent for all of those folks, but that's not who we're talking about right here, right? We're talking about investors. And now let's bring the impact investors into this into this room. And they will say, I mean, I can tell you for well, you know, stone cold fact that impact investors aren't interested in lower returns. They're not interested. This is not charitable philanthropic activity, right? This is a an expression of good, smart investing. For the vast majority of folks that are at the kind of center of this space, right? Now, does it make sense to, you know, kind of you're investing in a new approach, new industry, you know, fledgling, et cetera. And because we're trying to solve some problem that is faced by humans around the world somewhere, and there happens to be a bunch of charitable organizations that care about that problem. They don't really care about making investments and returns in solutions to that problem. They care about addressing that problem. And so the, historically, they've been doing it via like providing grants and programs and community engagement and this and that. And you can come back to that group and you can say, look, there's another tool in your, in your, in your tool belt. Or you can say, all right, well, listen, there's certain things, there's certain times where you got to just apply capital to the problem. But as we all know, that oftentimes isn't the right solution or it's, it's maybe overused as a solution. You can say, well, all right, well, how about you, you know, how about the alignment and the accountability that's injected into the relationship when you say, hey, listen, here's a loan. Pay me back. Maybe the interest rate is 1%. We're going to be as friendly as we possibly can. But instead of me, the, the person that is the grantor, having this dynamic of like, well, here's some, here's a grant and then go do something with it. Come back, give me a report on how you did. And I'll decide whether I'm going to give you more money next year, right? In order to, for you to, you know, keep going. Maybe I say, all right, well, you know what? We're just going to partner with you. And we want you to actually use this capital in a way that generates return and come back to us, repay it. And we'll just do it as a revolving loan facility, right? We can live without, we don't need to make the interest rate and the fees and da 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 that a bank will need to make. But it's another tool that we have at our disposal to help us drive the impact that we want to achieve, right? And then then you have a confluence between these different groups and this this simple example, right? You can say, all right, well, there's some investors over here that says, we actually think that this solution to this big problem is a really great idea and has the potential to take off. And 
philanthropic folks are saying, cool, that's great for you. We really care about the problem. And we just want to see it solved, right? You know, and a, and a good example, real life example of this is, is um, distributed solar technology, right? Pay as you go solar, right? And this is, there's a, a number of folks that are doing this uh, throughout the world, but sub-Saharan Africa is really kind of the, the, the spotlight. Um, be, A, because there's so many places, so many people that don't have access to municipal scale infrastructure, right? The grid doesn't reach the village and it's not going to in anyone's lifetime. So we want to get energy to these folks, renewable energy to these folks. And we want to do it now in the next five years, right? We got to, uh, you know, it's not going to be laying, you know, kind of building a huge power plant and kind of, you know, laying uh, electrical cable. It's going to be figuring out how to bring renewable energy to these, you know, far afield places and charging for it, bu building an economic model around it in a way that allows people to pay as they go, just like you and I do when we pay the utility bill, right? None of us can afford to build a nuclear power plant or coal fire, whatever, whatever the power generation sources, wherever you are, you know, it's laughable, right? We, you know, we're not doing that. What well, we do, we have a power company and then we pay as we go. We pay as we use, right? You know, and so these are, you know, that's an example of, you know, the, and, and, he, and the very first folks who were in this game, this is about, I don't know, 15 years ago now, when when you know some of these first companies were being developed were the foundations the really innovative foundations who had philanthropic capital to work with and he said listen this thing might have legs let's make an investment let's make a low interest rate loan let's get some working capital behind these entrepreneurs and now it's big business right these are you know these are big multinational funds that are investing in these things um, because they have the potential to kind of grow and scale and turn into real solutions to challenges that millions of people face. Well, clearly, you know, the, the biggest problems in the world are the biggest business opportunities right now. And the tools that you've laid out, whether it's blended capital or uh, factoring or, you know, legal stuff. And I mean, all these different new tools that entrepreneurs can use to get the money they need to grow their business is imperative and crucial. I want to conclude this podcast by um, asking you a simple question, and it may not be so simple. But what is success to you and, and what is it not? Mm. Wow. So when I started, what I was looking for was meaning. But meaning isn't an end in and of itself. Well, I think what I was really looking for was balance, happiness, stability, excitement. the challenge of building something new that was meaningful 
the ability to contribute to the society that I live in, that I have the privilege of being a part of. You know, it is, it's a, it's a calculus of those factors, right? It is, it is a, it is something that is made up of those ingredients, but of those, I think balance is incredibly important, hmm. right? And to me, success, and I get, I get asked this question a lot, right? You know, by my CFO, by my business coach, by uh, people who are thinking about, you know, joining our firm, by my partners and colleagues, you know, I, I get asked this question a lot. And I always say, I said, it's not a number. It's not this revenue number. It's not this margin. It's not this many people. It's not this many offices. It's not this many clients. It's not, it's not a number. It is a, it's a state of being, knowing that you're in balance, that, yeah, you're, you're fairly compensated for the work that you do. You do excellent work. You push yourself. The whole team, we push each other. To do amazing work, we're, we're kind of getting better every day. We learn, we're learning, we're sharpening our skills. We have the distinct privilege of working right now exclusively with visionaries that we are inspired by, and we get to work with. Every we get to be the proverbial jetpack, uh, and you know, and kind of whatever Iron Man's mask with all the information, you know, kind of feeding into them. Um, you know, we get to be that. We get to do that ourselves as entrepreneurs, building a new paradigm within a very old industry, right? Law is famously uh, slow to change, but we get to be disruptors ourselves. We care a ton about field building. So we get to contribute. And ultimately, our clients have been wildly successful. And what I mean by that is that they have put out into the world some amazing innovation that has not only seen the light of day, that has changed the lives of millions and millions and millions of people. And the satisfaction that comes with knowing that you got to be a part, an important, integral sometimes part of the team, because it's always a team. You got to be a part of that team that pulled off something really, truly spectacular. It's amazing. It makes you feel like you're a success. Sounds like impact to me. Happiness, being inner peace, and and being present in, in the, on a day to day basis. And certain, certainly something that I think you were coveting before you made the switch. And if you were to focus on that number, maybe you would be back in the same place from when you started. Shintan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I think we did a, an excellent job of kind of covering that impact journey and what it means to so many different people. Where can f people find more information about your work and get a hold of you if they're that impact CEO? Absolutely. I, it's, been, it's been a real pleasure having this conversation. I. Uh, our website is www.rpck.com. My email address is Chintan, my first name, at rpck.com. And 
I'm on LinkedIn, which is probably the best way to, to catch me. Shinten, let's bring this home. What is your definition of a real leader? Ooh, a real leader. I think a leader is someone who has an idea and acts upon it. You have to move forward. You have to take that first step and you have to keep going. And a real leader is one who faces obstacles along the way, whether they're real and in front of you or they're in your own head. It doesn't matter. A real leader is one who keeps that goal in the forefront of their mind and keeps moving, keeps finding a way to move forward. For Chinton uh, Ponchal, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, have an idea, act upon it, and make sure you are always striving to achieve that goal. Chinton, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much. Hey, Real Leaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realleaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.